Thank you for tuning in to Our Black Voices Matter. We can't remain silent. We must speak up. So let the conversation begin. Hello, everyone. My name is Lawrence. I am a former police captain, retired police captain from the state of Connecticut, and I currently host a podcast called Captain Hunter's Podcast. On that podcast, I talk about racial issues, societal issues, how to bridge the divide between the police and the communities that they serve. I talk about policing issues, obviously, as well as community issues. Um, I think it's extremely, extremely important to uh, have conversations like this and try to filter this information down to uh, people who are who don't get it, who, who don't listen uh, and who are struggling within their lives or in their communities. So I want to thank Brother Snyder for having me on this podcast and giving me this plant platform in order to discuss some of the things that are going on uh, in this day and time. Uh, in 2020, where we've lived through the We've lived through and seen and witnessed the deaths of Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, George Floyd, uh, and, and so many others. And now we're recently uh, understanding that another young man was gunned down, shot six times in the back uh, by, uh, by police officers in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Jacob Blake. And so I really wanted to kind of chime in and give a police officers, or at least the retired police officers, uh, understanding of, of the facts and of the circumstances and how we can deal with this going forward. Uh, so this is obviously a traumatic incident and it just piles on uh, the problems that the police are having with the community, the police are having with their policing of, of uh, black Americans, um, the willingness to shoot first, ask questions later, not employing the best of tactics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As a police officer, um, I, I really want to emphasize the need for uh, for the public to really be patient and to uh, trust the process and trust the system. Um, thanks to a man uh, whose name is uh, Michael Bell. Uh, his He's actually a white uh, gentleman. His son was killed by the same police department a number of years ago. His name is uh, Michael Bell Jr. Thanks to Michael Bell Sr.'s work, advocacy, uh, the Kenosha Police Departments and many other police departments no longer can investigate themselves whenever a police shooting occurs. Well, we should really be, be very, very grateful of the work that, that uh, he has done. I, I wanted to chime in about that because I think it's important that we, that we cannot take to the streets every single time uh, something happens. Sure, our voices are heard. We must make sure that they are heard, must make sure that they are understood. But, um, but it's important that we give the process a chance to work itself out. Independent investigators need to come in, do a, a thorough analysis of the crime scene, do a thorough analysis of, of witness uh, statements, uh, processing of the forensics, um, and everything like that. So give them the chance to do that. So uh, in regards to the different protests that are going on, um, you know, I think that, that, that when we result to burning, looting, riots, uh, negative actions, whatever they may be, then we take away from the true cause of the lives and the statements that black lives matter. 
Now, many people may have a problem with the organization Black Lives Matter, but no one should have a problem with the or- with the statement or the mantra that Black lives are important, that Black lives actually matter. And so we've got to begin to understand, we've got to separate those two uh, ideas. And so I would press and push for people not to overreact or act emotionally, but give the process time to do what it has to do. And then I want to talk about, a little bit about post-traumatic uh, slave syndrome, uh, this I- idea that it affects uh, how and what we think. And I, and I absolutely do think that it's real. Anyone who's not familiar with the work of Dr. Joy DeGruy and her book, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, should really look it up. She has many YouTube videos speaking about this precise thing. And we've got to develop a strategy to recover ourselves from this uh, my, from this mindset and from this way of thinking, continuing to act emotionally, continuing not to understand uh, what's going on, not to be able to do business, not to be able to be professional uh, or, or or have an overreaction, a traumatic reaction to uh, some type of stimulus or some type of, uh, of uh, provocation uh, is not going to get us anywhere. It's going to continue to, to, to leave us behind. So we've got to develop a really rational way of dealing with our pain, with our hurt, with our trauma, and our lived experiences. Not only the experiences that we lived, but the experiences of those who lived before us who are now living through us through our DNA and epigenetics and all that kind of stuff. So we've really got to understand that and develop good, sound strategies in order to deal with and overcome those particular ideas. As far as the cutting of uh, law enforcement budgets, I am not in favor of that. In fact, I think that they should be massively increased, and that would be via um, uh, training. These officers need more training. They need more de-escalation training. They need training throughout the weeks, throughout the months, not just a cycle of training. When I was a police officer, every three years we had to go for recertification. Now, we did have other trainings in the meantime, uh, medical response training uh, uh, and hazmat training and things like that. But the but the bulk of the training was uh, once every three years. I think that officers need this type of training constantly. They need to stay in shape. They need to be paid to stay in shape. They need access to gyms. They need access to uh, better food choices so they can uh, be physically fit. Um, and so I also think that front-end training, right, their academies need to be greatly lengthened. Um, they need to, to be able to pay for college, to educate themselves. So this is going to take money in, in order to do all that. If the public doesn't want their tax dollars to go up and we can't find the money to do that, then we need to greatly reduce the responsibility of police officers. Police officers should not be responding to homeless persons or even to some calls for mental health services or to some motor vehicle accidents or traffic problems. Um, So I think that we need to take a a, a serious look at what we think about law enforcement, how we think about public safety, how we think about going about what we need to do in order to live peaceably in this world and in this country. So I think that we really need to take a look at those uh, ideas. And finally, uh, uh, the quest to the question of whether I have ever experienced police harassment and or enforcement or uh, over aggressive enforcement. I have not. Right. Once again, I'm a former police officer living in Connecticut and it's still I'm a black male and I'm not a police officer or people don't recognize me as a police officer when I'm in my civilian car or when I was in my civilian clothes, uh, but I, was, I have never been. Um, I do think that there's a great deal of need to, to stress the fact that, that we as African-Americans need to stop putting ourselves in the position where we come in contact with the police. I don't think that that's an irrational statement. I don't think that that is something that uh, pe- people can simply blow over. 
Um, is there is are there communities where officers are targeting minorities? Of course there are, um, and those should be called out and addressed accordingly. Absolutely, it's a, it is unacceptable and despicable. However, uh, if we are in a situation where we're fighting uh, or involved in some other criminal activity, we really need to understand that we have to stop putting our pl- ourselves in the position where we come in contact with the police. And so I, I just want to end off there. Um, I know this is supposed to be a brief uh, uh, track, but I, I want, once again, I want to thank Brother Snyder for having me on. Uh, if I can put push my product for a second there, I, have, I am the uh, host of Captain Hunter's podcast. I'm also a consultant, police expert, teaching implicit bias, diversity and inclusion leadership classes. Uh, I've taught report writing to different organizations, uh, hosting uh, women's safety groups and everything like that. So a number of ideas around security, safety, police work, uh, police supervision. Uh, uh, Once again, police expert uh, in all that is what I do. LMH Police Training and Consulting Services is the name of the business. HunterPoliceTraining.com is the website, HunterPoliceTraining.com. CPTLHunter at gmail.com is my email, CPTLHunter at gmail.com. Particularly if you uh, are looking for the podcast, once again, Captain Hunter's podcast. Thanks once again to Brother Snyder for having me on. To all those listeners out there, much love and peace, and please stay safe.